0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Pink Bike Podcast. We are here in beautiful gray Bellingham, Washington. Uh, It's me, Dario. We got Mike and Alicia. We're sitting around a little dinner table. I'm watching some deer scamper around in the backyard. It's a beautiful winter's day.
1: There are also hairless cats here. We should mention that.
0: That too. We're joined by Dorcas and Speed Goat, the two hairless (laughs) cats I've been babysitting. And we're going to get into some news. First things first, Mike has been spending some time on the brand new V3 Raw Madonna and seemingly he's been loving it.
2: Yes, very good bike. We've reviewed the previous generation, I think it was two years ago, that was version two. This is the third generation of the Raw Madonna. Basically kind of a very purpose-built aluminum enduro bike. Um, And it's just, yeah, it looks simple, but then when you ride it, it rides so well. It goes very fast and it kind of has everything I would like about a bike. If it's I think we've called it a forever bike before and mm-hmm. it definitely fits in that category big bearings external cable routing long chain stays high stack just like you get on it and it climbs fine and that's that's you know it does okay steep seat angle it does that but going down it just can carry so much speed And i've been really liking it
0: yeah it seems impressive and like the prior version doesn't strike me as like terribly outdated no, with the new one it's yeah, just, just, just a good update exactly. on things it's
2: mostly just refinements like the big difference is they have some uh different lower shock mount chips that you can use. Now you can run it as a mixed mm-hmm. wheel setup. You can change the bottom bracket height. You can change the progression just by flipping it, or sorry, by switching out these little chips, kind of mm-hmm. similar to what they did with their Yala downhill bike. Okay. Um, and now it has a straight head tube, so ZS56. So you could run an angle set if you wanted to go even slacker, but it does have a slacker head angle now, like 64 degrees. So all the numbers are, for me, they work super well. So I'm excited to spend more time on it. And, uh, yeah, play with I think the you're
1: on that actually, I ran into you the other day just along the bike path and you were on that and you seem more stoked on it than I've seen you about really any bike ever. And that was just kind of <laughs> cool to see.
2: It's pretty good. I don't know. There's something about it that even yesterday I was riding it with Dario and the speed that it can carry, like Dario yeah. wasn't trying hard, but I wasn't trying super hard, but I was able to kind of like catch up with him without much effort. And it wasn't anything yeah. like neither of us were really pedaling or doing much, but that bike just seems like it it's just grabs something. Speed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It seems like it just
1: makes sense. Yeah.
2: Like it's obviously, again, no bike is for everybody and it, it is, you know, it does have the longer chain stays. It's not your playful poppy thing, but I think for just pure speed and rough terrain It's pretty sweet. So yeah, I'm yeah, excited. I'll be on it for the next few months probably and get a longer term review going.
0: Cool. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um on the bikes that go fast downhill end of the spectrum, we've got two new downhill bikes that are coming onto the market this week. We've got the new V ten from Santa Cruz. This is the eighth iteration of that bike. Um again just a, a game of refinements it seems like they've they've done a lot of work on the kinematic. Um, sizing is a little bit different, but more or less just the same v10 made better yeah. as less travel now so, right yeah. yeah it's 200 it's <laughs>
2: 208 millimeters yeah, in the rear v10 and, and has like, not been relevant for a little bit as far as right. the naming goes because i think originally mm-hmm. it did have there was a 10 inches of travel option right. and now it's just
0: a cool yeah you now it's a, a good old downhill bike uh-huh. but seems sweet um i think matt beer is going to get on one yeah down the line here being our downhill guy and then kind of on the other end of the spectrum in terms of brand size. We've got the Frameworks Downhill Bikes dropping. Um, Nico Malali's kind of like grassroots downhill project. He's been working on those for about two years now. And they kind of paused development at the current frame arrangement. He's got a medium and a large. They're doing a batch of 100, all made by Frank the Welder in Vermont, um, with carbon rear ends, uh, I think made in Taiwan. I'm not really sure on that. But um you know don't quote me on the on the carbon rear end but anyway just a cool horse link downhill bike i really like the look of it um they're not cheap but that's kind of to be expected for yeah. this like sort of boutique project and yeah and yeah. he's
2: been super transparent with all the little videos he's been making about the development which is kind of cool mm-hmm. to see that's been like, cool to
1: watch the process a little
2: brand you know start from yeah it's like a grassroots thing and i have a frank the welder i have such a soft spot for a frank Same. the welder because my first my first real mountain bike was a spooky june bug and welded by frank the welder so i I'm curious if one of these days, if I can snag one of those frameworks, the more the Enduro bike that they're working on, it just kind of seems like a cool, like all these years, (laughs) he's still making
0: stuff full circle thing. Yeah.
2: It'd be cool to go visit his shop. I think it's in Vermont still, but Mm -hmm. seems pretty interesting. There's some stories that guy has, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. But he's got archives of old frames in there as well. Um, yeah, just a cool thing. And like, I don't know, it's always exciting to see a a brand making like a a viable product. That's American Mm -hmm. made. Yeah, exactly. A Cool thing. Um, Last piece of news. Uh, by the time this pod is out, I'll have my review of the trick stuff Picola C22 breaks up on the site. Uh, they're like these... Beautiful little jewelry objects that you can also attach to your
2: bike to yeah, slow it down. Would you say they weigh as much as 15 hummingbirds? Or they something? weigh as much as 10 <laughs> hummingbirds. 10 hummingbirds.
0: I, I, was, oh, the I heavy was hummingbirds
2: gonna... weigh 15 grams each. I was, so yeah. Are
1: small hummingbirds though?
2: They're average
0: size. Oh. I, I went down a rabbit hole because I was like going to equate the weight of them to a hummingbird, and it turns out hummingbirds weigh almost nothing. <laughs> so light. Um, the the average weight of a hummingbird is half a marshmallow for <laughs> reference. <laughs> so if you tear a marshmallow in half, that's about how much a hummingbird weighs. Uh, the Picolas is way a bit more than that, but they're crazy light and ridiculously powerful. They're a a very impressive thing that costs a very impressive amount of money. Mm -hmm. They're (laughs) $1,100 for the set, which is pretty staggering. Um, you can get some, they're pretty, they are beautiful. Like in terms of like the, the industrial design and the efficiency of the design on them, I haven't seen anything comparable. Like they're so minimalistic and they work remarkably well. Uh, they are super strong. Like the guys at trick stuff have said that people have built downhill bikes with them. Mm-hmm. And like, we've seen danger home do that, but like normal people too have done <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty remarkable. It, it's cool. I like, I like trick stuff's approach of like, we're going to just make the most extreme X and you know, it'd be cool to start seeing them do that in realms outside of breaks. And we'll see if that ever happens, but they definitely apply themselves to just like, this is our goal with this project. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It shows in the quality.
2: And that review is also worth reading just for the reference to a very expensive toaster <laughs> that I didn't know existed. But then I looked it up and I kind of want it, even though I can't justify it because it's a $300 toaster.
1: I've actually learned a lot about the toaster market yeah. just this morning from hanging I didn't out know with about these two, two guys. Yeah. Yeah, everyone so, just
2: check out the review and then let us know if you have a $300 toaster. And if yeah. so, I might come over if, and try it If out, any
0: listeners of the Pink Bike Podcast happen to have a Japanese Belmuda toaster, please get in contact with me. And I would like to know if it's worth it because... I like since I lived in Japan for a little bit and encountered the, the this particular toaster in a store and have been kind of fixated on it since. Uh it just seems like it's the trick stuff piccola of toasters yeah. if you will. It's such a good
2: reference though. So, yeah. Um, obviously all these things are expensive and we know that, but it's yeah. kinda nice to
0: I just yeah. had to like in, in writing about something so expensive, had to like do a breakout session where I talk about expensive objects as yeah. uh, a weird thing in the world yeah and how it's okay there's a, pl- yeah, there's
2: a place in the world for them if things are expensive but if they have something that helps them live up to how pricey they are i think it's more like if i see a supreme t-shirt it drives me a little bit yeah, nuts because that doesn't fair. make sense it's just a t-shirt it just says supreme you're yeah. just buying hype but where someone actually like spent time trying to evolve the best brakes or the best right. toaster or the best i don't even know Car what or something yeah, yeah it's like okay that mm-hmm. exists might yeah. not be in my budget but i like no one exists yeah, yeah. So I do like bagels and toast. Check it so, out. You know. yeah. yeah, that's the thing is
0: I, I eat toast every day, yeah. So day. I'm like, is it worth it? Three hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, up next, we've got a listener question or a reader question uh, from user Jostaud. Maybe J O S T A U uh, D. It's hard to. We don't have a pronunciation feature on the site yet, so a lot of these are just big guesses. But question is on one of our uh, field test articles, I believe. He said. Why are long dropper posts so important to these guys? Downhill riders don't drop their posts that low. Uh, We brought up again and again in the field test how one of the annoyances with a lot of those bikes was the short dropper posts and it just being a a fit issue and something that we had to like kind of fuss with at the top of every descent. And it it just, it did come up a lot, but I think it's like a, a fair point. We all kind of, feel strongly about this
2: yeah exactly i think the thing that people could remember too is there's a lot of posts out there we can shorten the travel so it's kind of like handlebars if your bike comes more than likely the handlebars will be too wide you can trim down if Mm -hmm. your bike comes and the dropper is too long a lot of times you can shorten it but with these bikes that we're reviewing lots of them had a electronic dropper post and just had 170 mil travel and we want the seat you know pretty far down most of us that were reviewing these ones have fairly long legs and it's different from a downhill bike because the seat angles are steeper Um, you're also climbing as well so it's just kind of a is a whole bunch of factors but i don't think there's anything if you don't need a 200 mil dropper post that's fine and obviously everyone's got different heights and things but it's nice to have the option on a modern bike it should have the option at least on the larger sizes that you can yeah. run a longer travel dropper post so that was kind of our point yeah
0: and on a downhill bike like the stack is usually higher the as you said the seat angle is slacker yeah the seats themselves are smaller so there's like a whole lot of things about the way that the a pedal bike versus a downhill bike operate that. Yeah require the seat to be lower yeah there's more travel
2: it's kind of sitting away from you further as it's sagging i think that's like i saw that
0: getting argued in the comments a lot where people were like oh like my bike is a 150 dropper and i don't mind
2: yeah but then a
0: lot of those people are probably on an older bike with a Mm -hmm. slacker seat tube angle and in that case like yeah yeah like i rode old bikes with just a quick release seat post and i would drop it like two inches Mm -hmm. and be able to go down stuff but
1: yeah the geometry has changed a lot in the last bunch of years i think the big piece for me is just about the principle. Like, if you have the space there right. and the seat's able to actually go there, if you have a long enough dropper post, why would you not use the space available to you to just get it more out of the way?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's it's just like we, we we've achieved this next step in development. You might as well enterprise on it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, that wraps up our intro portion of things. We're going to get into our meat of the discussion today. It's going to be the three of us talking about how we stay sane in the winter, uh, probably the beginning of a multi-part series on uh, our progress in that It is
1: only early November, so there's a lot of winter left. It's going to get a lot worse. It's a little early to say we've stayed sane.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's (laughs) us, um, preparing ourselves for uh, what's to come. So (laughs) enjoy that and we'll see you around.
2: All right. Well, that's enough talking about the news. Let's get into our conversation today. I'm with Dario and Alicia. We're down in Bellingham. It's currently pretty gray and kind of rainy, kind of dark. That's going to be the theme of today's podcast, darkness and what to do when it's dark <laughs> out <laughs> for people in the Northern <laughs> Hemisphere. <laughs> yeah. It's a big, big kind of question. You get it into the off season and, you know, summertime's nice. It seems like the daylight goes forever. You can just go ride after work, have plenty of time. But now, not as much time i'm pretty sure here in washington because we're pretty far north the sun sets at two o'clock it seems like it feels mm-hmm. that way it
1: yeah. really feels that way it's very dark a lot of the time
2: yeah, yeah. definitely need things to do so we'll talk about that and how we're staying sane i think that's gonna be the main thing
1: yeah staying sane is a generous way to describe how i'm feeling a lot of the time but <laughs>
2: yeah <I> mean, yeah <laughs> well trying to yeah. yeah i mean the impetus for this topic was the other day i ran into you running alicia this is true I saw yeah. you running how, how's running been going
1: weirdly i actually have started liking running recently which is a sentence i never really thought i would say um yeah i guess as we all sort of know i'm just getting over being injured and trying to re-figure out like what life looks like right now and um biking's gotten a lot harder so actually i think running has stayed the same as it used to be okay it's just that almost everything else has gotten way harder and so in contrast running starts to seem (laughs) just like approachable and doable right yeah um And also I live right near a bike path right now, which also basically goes past Kaz's house, which is sweet. So like, that's why we ran into each other. Um,
0: it does seem like everybody picks up, except me, picks up running in the winter here. Yeah. Just just kind of, wait. It's, just kind of just kind of really of it's coming the other day. It's
1: so easy. The mud piece is actually a huge part of it for me. Like yeah. I don't have to wash any bikes. I don't get any clothes muddy. That's fair. Like the bottom of my running shoes maybe are a little dirty, but that's right. about it. And running in the rain is great. Like, yeah. I, I think I went for a pretty long run when it was raining really hard yesterday and there was almost no downside. Like I came back completely soaked and
0: it, yeah, you just hop in the shower. It and was fine. Good. Yeah. yeah.
1: I just like put my clothes in the laundry and took a shower and was clean as ever.
2: Yes, yeah. Have you tried the night running in the rain? I did that the other I day. Have not. Oh, wow. It was well, tricky because my light, I was just using a headlamp to see, and then mm-hmm. there was raining so hard that it was oh, yeah, like, kind of that. reflecting, which yeah. happens with biking too, but running I was very I got kind of, like, disoriented. It was kind of cool and also yeah. very strange because it was me by myself in the woods running. And I yeah, was
0: just, you feel yeah. like you're in
2: this little, like, <laughs> yeah. sensory
0: deprivation bubble. That is you're. a little
1: weird. I did night run sort of by accident recently just because it gets so dark so early now that yeah. it was, like, a very normal time to start running, like, 3.30 or something. Mm-hmm. And then the sun <laughs> set and yeah. I was still running and it was, like, fully dark. And yeah that was kind of crazy to be like, wow, like, mid-afternoon is... already like yeah have you always
2: have you always run like did you run in high school or anything as a Um,
1: sport yes and no i ran cross country for one season freshman year of high school Mm -hmm. um not because i actually was interested in running oh there's a cat crawling on me right now that's cool oh yeah Yeah. for people listening Um,
0: we have to describe
2: the cats yeah i'm
0: I'm house sitting right now and uh (laughs) the main duty of sitting this house is they have two hairless uh sphinx cats (laughs) And they're just roaming around right now, looking for a place to sit because they're constantly cold. Yeah, we'll put a picture. That's actually a
1: big reason why Kazmier over here right now to to meet the cats. Yeah. Meeting them so far has been a good experience.
0: Yes, they're different. They're pretty pleasant, Um, strange creatures.
1: But actually, yeah, to answer your question, no, I haven't really always been a runner. I think I've always wanted to a little bit. Like I started running a little bit when I was like 13 for a season, but... It, it, that was mostly because I just had a very unhealthy relationship with myself mostly not because running was good in any way um and I never actually got fit or fast or anything like that and it's been a little bit like that over the years just sort of on and off and when I r- start running too much sometimes I get a lot of knee pain too so that's hmm. so far right now that has not been cropping up thankfully so that's I'm good. still like running more than I ever have right now yeah and, sweet. Still stoked on it. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. good. I'm, I've been running because like we're talking about, it's been getting dark and I do, I've never, well, I ran in high school, like I ran cross country, but that's just because mountain biking wasn't a sport that you were, could do at the time. Yeah, I was, was in the same boat. So they I just kind of like, well, you can get a varsity letter if you run cross country. Like, oh, that's fine. And then I would just mostly mm-hmm. ride my bike or play ultimate frisbee. That was kind of like the oh, ultimate. ultimate kid. Yeah. Well, cause we would run away into the <laughs> woods. Our coach okay. would send us out for, to go for a run and we could run oh, to this field okay. and then play frisbee and then run back and be like, that's great funny. workout <laughs> coach. And, yeah. You know, nice. It was fine. <laughs> but. But yeah lately, I've been running a little bit just because of the time thing. so if i can I can run for half an hour and feel like I got a pretty good workout, where if I ride for half an hour, that doesn't do anything.. Okay. So. do you
1: feel like it's sustainable for you to ride year round? Because part of it for me is also I need a mental break mm. from I can't do anything all year. like I've tried, and it just doesn't go all that well and I get burned out. I'll burn myself out on just about anything, even my favorite things in the world.
2: Uh, yeah, and I'm, so
1: I think I just need to shift seasonally a little bit that's fair i yeah.
0: think that makes sense i mean you have skiing that kind of yeah, does that skiing and, and i'll mm-hmm. go to the climbing gym eventually too which i'm sure we'll get into that a little bit but yeah i think it's i've more, been
1: doing that recently so see you there soon i yeah.
0: ride every single day
2: yeah do you get burned se- out
0: no Dara, you should join the climbing good. gym by the way i know i i used to only climb and like did, for a variety of reasons stopped for a bit but I think I'm feeling the itch again, so it'd be fun to get back into climbing.
2: Have you ever been a runner? Is that a thing? yeah? I ran in high school. Yeah, I was a swimmer oh, yeah. and then
0: like ran in the off season mm-hmm. and mountain biked all what was your year. Swimming event.
2: Uh, I
0: was a really good breaststroker, nice. but like would do. <laughs> the sound right there. <laughs> yeah, that is a sound. But I, um, I did everything because I was like I was on a club team and my high school team, okay. and so kind of just like swam all the events. Um, actually started my high school team cause it was a very small high school and we finally got a pool like my junior year oh, in cool. high school yeah. or like the town got a pool right. that we could use. Um, I liked swimming, but I have not swam laps since I graduated high school right. <laughs> because it sucks. <laughs> if you like have to a,
1: kind of fill a void when you relax a little bit on biking, what is it that you go into now?
0: Um, like read. I mean, if it's like a physical activity void, um, I love a long grueling hike and my partner is really into that. And so that's like a, a fun group activity. Um, I enjoy running for me. It, if it's not trail running, it's hard to get into it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really don't love just like running down the street. Yeah. No, I don't,
2: I don't really, yeah, I would say at this point, I'm not really enjoying running, but I'm just kind of doing it. And there are moments though. I do feel like you can get that, you know, the runner's high is actually a real thing. Yeah, and When, yeah, it, for when sure. it does mm-hmm. click, like, it's pretty cool to feel that. Cause it's, it's even a different feeling than you get when you're biking. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, you have to push yourself a lot further and harder to get that biking. Just yeah. Cause we ride true. a bit and our base right. biking fitness is there, but running all of a sudden your body's like, what's happening. And then you do get that cool feeling. And when it does feel like things are working, it's nice, but yeah, it's yeah true. for me, it's, definitely. I've been running with music lately, which has been helping. I can just mm-hmm. kind of zone out. I'm like, yeah, it's one of those things I know how to run, I would say, but it's not my favorite thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I luckily guess it's when, so intuitive, you yeah. know?
1: Yeah. When you mentioned running with music, I think also part of why I enjoy running sort of longer now than I ever have is like, I think I, well, I have a lot of memory loss and mm-hmm. I think it used to be a lot easier for me to feel like I'd been doing something for a while and I would just get kind of tired of it pretty quickly and be like, oh, well, I've been like, running for a while now like i guess i'm tired and now i'm just more in the moment and like have to just let it go because i yeah i actually can't keep track of how long the time has been passing for you know for a while oh, Yeah, now you, you be
2: ready for a marathon soon you're just out there and you just feels like you've been going for a little bit and all of a sudden you're a going. friend of mine
1: recently started calling these all like alicia bright spots or he's like that's not actually oh. a highlight but okay <laughs> yeah. yeah i think like there like, are like, a lot of those yeah and yeah some of them yeah. are like real benefits and i've wanted to like running for a really long time uh-huh. and I've never actually enjoyed it but sort of just like tolerate it and now it's yeah. actually like yeah. one of the better parts of my day most days no, that's totally. a
2: great thing that's good just, yeah. yeah I'll take it yeah I mean physical activity that's what's like we forget because I don't know I feel like mountain biking I don't think it was exercise
1: mm-hmm. but when you don't
2: do right. it your body yeah. just needs that outside yeah, yeah. Sure. do something yeah I mean that's the main reason I ride well I ride every day yeah
0: like I ride I would probably ride five times a week, if not for the like mental benefits of riding every day. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I feel like irritated if I don't, that's a nice thing. Even in the winter, like actually the, the house where we're sitting right now, um, a couple years ago and, the, and I built a cabin with someone in the backyard and like that was my job for the winter basically. And we would work all day. Cause it's like, you have like 8am to 3pm daylight. <laughs> and at 3 p.m. it'd be dark. And we're like, all right, well, day's over. And I had a night riding set up, and so I would just drive down the street and ride mm-hmm. for like a couple hours every night. And like two months into that project, the guy w- I was working with was like, why do you bring a bike every day? And I was like, oh, I'm riding every day after work. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, why? <laughs> it's like snowing out. Right. <laughs> I was like, it's, mm-hmm. I, I need to do this. I can't explain the, the thing, but... Yeah. I mean, I, I like night riding and so that was fun, but do you guys night ride at all?
1: A little bit, I'd say. Um, well actually I haven't in a while. So one, a lot of it is just sort of me trying to like figure out where I'm at in life right now. And I can't really see at night anymore. Mm. Like I don't drive at night or anything like that just cause like it, when it's dark, it's like really, really dark. Right. Um, so I recently put my old mountain bike light setup on my I have a goofy, dorky town bike that um, now has the brightest lights ever, and it's been amazing. It it feels like I can just go all over town (laughs) every afternoon now. There you go. Afternoon, because it's dark really early, but yeah, that's been exciting.
2: Yeah, I don't don't really like night riding. Oh, I guess I could rephrase that. I see the
1: appeal, though. Yeah, It's really cool to... I guess have something like have familiar trails feel a new level of challenging yeah just because the things you notice and the speed you go and the way you ride is a little different when it's dark and yep. mm-hmm. really different when you can only see a narrow band of what's lit right in front of you
2: yeah yeah i think and that's what's frustrating. Cool. yeah i think it's cool but that's also what frustrates me like if i had the choice between riding the daytime and the nighttime i'd always pick daytime well, yeah mm-hmm. but, but there are some people that love night riding more they that's like true which is which is fine yeah. But I think for me, it just feels like I want to be able to go the normal speed and it yeah. takes a little bit, but it is nice. Like these days, that lights are so much smaller than you can have. Yeah. Like back when I started, because I'm old, the <laughs> the original like Night Rider light that I had, because I did a 24 hour race was like 16, but that would have been in, I don't even know, 98 or 99 or something. Had like a
0: two pound battery yeah, like it was attached like it to it. filled in your
2: bottle cage, but it was, it lasted like the light output was so nothing. It was I just had like yellows. And then you had yeah. the, the the battery was yeah probably like five pounds that went yeah. in your it's like a dumb little
0: incandescent yeah. like yeah, ball so yeah
2: and then riding and i think i had two batteries so i must have put the other one somewhere and mm-hmm. like, that just made night riding not <laughs> Those bad. that good but yeah. now yeah you can put like these days a lot of times i'll go for a ride in the daytime and just have my light in my pack and just toss it yeah. on even you know, just mm-hmm. on my helmet or handle i gotta just start a, doing that more yeah it just helps you like finish the ride if you're out and you don't have to worry about yeah. oh it's getting dark you're like oh, i'll be fine for mm-hmm. for this but i'd that's say sweet. like
0: every day this for the past 10 days or yeah i've been going for a ride like more or less at the normal time but finishing in like pitch black yeah and every single day it feels like i got lucky and didn't crash uh-huh. because it's pitch black yeah one
2: mechanical and you're just like oh, oh i'm doing this like yeah, yeah it's cutting yeah. it too close yeah, yeah. i kind of in the winter time i do kind of like e-biking e-bike night riding which oh, that's cool yeah because oh, yeah. you can almost you cover more ground you can dress mm. warmer a lot you know here a lot of times in the winter it's just yeah. raining and a little bit cold so you can kind of bundle up and then. Right, not sweating through it. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. kind of fun. You can just go different places, but yeah, the so I do solo night ride a lot, but I think it is more fun with buddies. That's one of those things where you have a crew and just kind of feels more goof off in the woods because a solo you just start thinking there's animals and it's (laughs) Uh, like, yeah (laughs) that's like part of the appeal, not the like animal fear. Why can't you be friends with the animals? Yeah, Yeah. well, (laughs) the cougars. Like last year, I was riding, and it probably snowed. It only snowed maybe half an inch, three quarters of an inch, so just enough that the animal prints had melted to the dirt underneath so i was riding up on galbraith which are our local mountain, mountain here and there was definitely <laughs> two the- fresh cougar oh. tracks like big a big yeah. print, like almost the size of my hand i was like oh it's it's out here and i'm here yeah. we'll,
0: we'll see how this goes that's definitely a concern i mean like where i was night riding was like over on like uh just past galbraith and like we do the same lap m- most days this one winter and yeah, you'd see remnants of like mm-hmm. big animals. You're like, well, that's a little scary, but I can't see them. So I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. pretend they're not there. I do like the like tunnel vision aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. I find it like it makes climbs quicker and descents longer. I mean, you're moving a little slower on the descents, but also there's just like, I, I find I get super distracted by like day riding mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's cool stuff to look at all over the place. But at night you're just like, Hyper fixated yeah. on what's in front of you. And it, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
2: and it is cool to turn your lights off. I like doing that. Just turn them off when it's just you yeah. and just trying to kind of freak yourself out a little so bit. So far it's out so there. dark, <laughs> and there's nothing. Like you're just hearing noises. Yeah, out. and it's kind of cool that you can. I don't know. It's something. It feels so different from your normal life. Like we're all pretty safe and secure, and yeah, like that. But then when you turn it off, like, oh, this is how it, it's cool to be out there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like it.
0: I I like. I don't know. I have a pretty good setup as well. I've got mm-hmm. those outbound lights, and they like. I don't know. It feels pretty close to normal riding when they're yeah. full blast. Yeah. Yeah. I have some cool.
2: lights. I just end up forgetting to get them charged. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. I haven't I guess I haven't really done a full night ride yet this year. It's only been the finish, mm-hmm. like finish in the dark. Yeah, I've but it's close. finishes as well. Like now that the time's mm-hmm. changed and there's zero yeah. daylight, it feels like we'll get out there.
0: It's nice mm-hmm. to have like reliable lights too. I remember like mm-hmm. when I first started night riding uh when I was in college, I had just like the cheap commuter lights that I had for years and they would like if they rattled too much the batteries would pop loose. Oh yeah, nice. And I was I was like, I'm gonna go for a huge one, like this big like four thousand foot climb loop that I would do. Takes like two and a half hours. And so I like did most of the climb with the lights off so they would conserve. And as soon as I dropped in, something rattled loose in the light and they broke. (laughs) And it took me like three hours to get home. Because I was like riding and walking by the moonlight. Cause I couldn't, I like couldn't go at speed. So yeah. I was just like cautiously picking my way down trails and got home. My roommates were like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I just went for a long walk in the <laughs> dark. Like, so not having to do that is yeah, nice. Good. Yeah.
1: Did you get very cold? That's one of the things that I, that I guess intimidates me a tiny bit and is sort of like exciting and raises the stakes just a little bit with night riding where if anything goes wrong, You're definitely at risk of getting way, way colder. That's true. I kind of just dress normally for a ride when I night ride, but like say you need to work on your bike a little bit or just stop and not be moving, then your chance of freezing... Feels high.
2: I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think I also in the winter I do tend to when I remember to I tend to bring a couple extra things in my pack like just a space blanket and a lighter. Smart.
1: You're prepared. Yeah, I try to. I,
2: I do the space though. blanket as I'll well. remember it eventually after I've been on lots of rides where I probably should have had it before, but I think it's nice just in case. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you kind of know. Like all right, well, I could hopefully stay warm long enough. And I mean, we're lucky mm-hmm. here where it doesn't get that cold. And mm-hmm. I think like even it's kind of nice not riding somewhere we have to go fat biking which I don't yeah. We should Last talk about Last winter biking. we almost were we to fat, fat biking. I've been but, fat biking yeah. here before. And, really? Yeah. <laughs> which It's another thing that people think we hate fat bikes because we don't review that many on Pinkbike, but we just <laughs> are spoiled enough we that all we don't live, live over in a here place now. To, yeah. To, yeah,
1: I should have stayed in Montana.
2: Yeah. There you could have become the fat bike, fat bike correspondent. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And yeah, they're not all the same, but I think it is kind of, you know, it's just...
0: I was going to say, I think I'm probably naive to this, but i feel like fat bikes are like a more uniform
2: yeah, yeah. Genre. there's not a much i wouldn't say there's a ton of huge advancements happening in the fat bike world but <laughs> i will say in the trail grooming side of things mm. i've got some buddies that live in colorado and they started grooming the single track there mm-hmm. which Whoa. seems pretty cool because then you could actually incredible. have a more yeah that's what
1: they did yeah near where i used to live in Missoula, montana and it was really fun just getting out and going on these big goofy rides some some people had just like the craziest gloves that oh, the yeah. pogies that oh, stay yeah. on the handlebars and yeah you just had like crazy setups and go out and ride these wacky short loops and it was Pretty fun, fun. Mm-hmm. yeah it was great
0: yeah i think i i, I made some pogies for myself a couple of years ago for here just for like to try to ride gloveless in the in the winter oh, yeah it mm-hmm. didn't really work but i'm gonna try to like do a better job of that this year because i think it could be
2: the no my way. system worked a last lot of year potential you gotta try my system you buy like the the hand warm the um oh like right. wristbands. like <laughs> you yeah. uh, got like a sweat band if you buy some sweat bands and then you cut them open and then you put one of those the little hand warmers that you shake and stick it into the wristband, then you wow. can just wear thin gloves or no gloves and it keeps your hands warm because it warms the blood going yeah, into, into your, your hand. hand. I only use sense. it a couple times because my hands don't usually get too cold, but it did work. So yeah. I think that's my thing. I have like my
0: hands have become... Uh, impervious to cold I think yeah I don't know what happened but like this year they've had no issue yet I mean it'll get colder but that's my time the
1: opposite I think my hands get extra cold extra easily yeah (laughs) like paragliding I have I think Mm. the most aggressive electric heated gloves you can get and my hands still often go numb with them on high and it's like it's crazy yeah
0: my I have yet to find a pair of riding gloves that work in the winter as well as this pair of deer skin work gloves that i bought at harbor freight nice i'll put them on the site at some point soon because they're like actually incredible they get soaking wet your hands stay warm they're like really supple leather so the the bar feels pretty good and they look hilarious because they're like these big yellow <laughs> uh, <yeah>. things <laughs> sounds cool nice. but
2: they, they work great yeah 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 I, I, I have trouble wearing like i just wear thin gloves all year round because i Same. find when i wear the thicker gloves my hands get colder Mm. It seems weird, oh. but I think it maybe just cuts the circulation off a little bit, or like for some reason not. Maybe my hands yeah. just stop thinking that they need to put enough blood in them. I haven't figured <laughs> it out, but yeah, I try to just like they do get a little tingly sometimes, and then they get warm, and then I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I haven't figured out why, but yeah, I, I always wear thin I'm gloves. In thin glove camp I can wear the hundred percent briskers. I think that's the only one that I because mm-hmm. I really hate when there's anything thick on my palm, Same. like some of the winter gloves. It's like just, yeah, I just the got thinnest a pair palm. Of gloves
0: for review. They're sitting right here. They have like the
2: hand, the palms look like welding gloves they're yeah. like
0: so thick
2: <laughs> yeah yeah dario's going to get the gloves so we can have a visual reference but yeah glove wise i'm thin gloves or no gloves so when it's winter it's an adaptation yeah the gloves are missing oh, it's okay we lost dario yeah. and
1: he's lost his gloves <laughs> yeah we've all lost something yeah
2: i guess the winter time yeah. too is it definitely takes more time before and after the ride to this is true to prepare mm-hmm. i think that yeah it, I, I well on a side topic though i've noticed sometimes we'll have you know, we'll talk about mud and pictures of people riding in mud and then a lot of people chime in, like, How can you ride like that? It's not like that's bad or you can't do that. But we should preface it by saying where we live, the soil oh, is really true. good and yeah. you can oh, actually yeah. ride in it's the wet and so the mud. And a lot of trails like not all trails are made for mountain biking in the rain, but here there's a lot of good options that yeah. You know, ones with more roots than than just soft dirt. Like you don't want to go down a freshly made burmy trail in the mud but there are like Mm -hmm. there are trails here that are designed for year-round riding because if they didn't exist then we wouldn't be able to ride and that'd be sad yeah
1: i guess i do want to correct myself earlier i complained about how winter riding involves washing bikes and that makes running easier (laughs) and like caveat to that oftentimes not even that really in bellingham
0: yeah that's true the way that our it's not like sticky mud here. It's like silty soil. It's like, yeah. So. It's like pine needles and water, basically. Yeah. yeah. And then this like liquid sandpaper that destroys drivetrain components. That too. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. But yeah, like I've lived in places where you just couldn't ride in the winter because it was mm-hmm. so cold and frozen and it was just mm-hmm. winter. So you had a full off season, which was, yeah. it was kind of nice because you would just be like, all right, well now it's ski season because I mm-hmm. definitely can't ride my bike. It's negative yeah. 40 or the trails you can't ride them because they're so muddy that it would just destroy everything right. like and the trails I know a lot
0: of people in bellingham are kind of that way though mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they just turn into ski season for them yeah and then like that's all they do between now and like april yeah i mean if you don't I, night
1: ride that is kind of your main option
0: this is true yeah, yeah if you have like a, a nine to five and
2: you don't mm-hmm. night ride it's,
1: it's close not close to impossible.
0: yeah no. and on weekends yeah. you're
2: probably going skiing so yeah I know. I wish I had some night skiing around. Now, I guess there's night skiing in Cyprus, which is right. about an hour north of us, which yeah. I still haven't been I've been there. wanting to do that. Yeah. It yeah. seems cool. Because I think the concept of night skiing and then seeing the city would be pretty neat. Oh, that would be, be cool. Yeah. When I was a kid, we used to go night skiing back east and you could, huh. and there'd be a lot of like, I don't know, I feel like there was rocks in the in the snow and it would make sparks which is pretty Whoa, cool so sick. the person in front of you would be turning and then like little sparks would be coming up from whatever sediment was in the uh wow. in the snow Sounds wow. like that's
1: a lot of rocks
2: i think it's just like little bits of rocks like, yeah just like, enough yeah just enough that you'd see the huh. sparks of the skis huh. and that was pretty fun and then we would go obviously because we're kids we would just dip yeah. down to trails with no lights on and then mm-hmm. do that it's cool yeah i guess in theory you could tour at night pretty well I, yeah, yeah. I did. like well, it's probably like six. it's or
1: higher six. consequence like if something sure. goes wrong You really want to be able to see.
2: Yeah, but I did, we did a great night, a full moon tour like years ago up in BC and we were able to, we didn't even turn our lights on at all. Like we left the cabin, skinned up to the top of the chute and skied down it in full moon. And it was probably like, I don't know, eight or 10 inches of powder. And it was probably one of the top runs. It's up in my like top list of 10 runs ever. Cause you could just, Mm -hmm. the sensation of the snow coming at you and seeing the different change in the light. And that's cool. The moonlight was super cool. But obviously, yeah, again, there's more risk and like, it's just different. But yeah, I think. And even like riding, sometimes you can ride in a full moon in the desert. I've done that before. We don't need that. lights. Yeah. That's kind of cool too. Just that weird like the yeah. moonlit glow. Yeah, yeah I we went just for have a ride. A lot of like, trees here. Yeah, that's true. It,
0: it like it's real dark in the middle it's of the dark. day. Like I was riding on Sunday, and at one p.m. I went into the trees, and it was like almost too dark to yeah. see. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's when you take your clear glasses off because you think you have sunglasses on. And you're like, oh no, oh, no, I can't no. Make clear, it's just clearer. dark here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went for like a moon ride
0: outside of St. George once. It was a day ride that turned into a moon ride, but it was like two and a half hours in the in pitch black with no lights, and I was like, oh, I can actually ride pretty well. Yeah. It's cool.
1: Nice, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Do you, oh, you, you ever travel to go somewhere warmer in the I was just going to ask that. Yeah. yeah
0: I, I, I want to this year. Yeah. I, I'm like really like yearning for some desert time, so yeah. I'm going to try to get down there. Maybe January.
1: Yeah. I think uh, Mexico in the winter for paragliding every oh, cool. winter is sort of my plan for the foreseeable future. That's nice. It's Look. It was pretty magical. I went the winter before last, and had plans to go last winter, but that didn't work out because I got hurt. And then um this winter, plans again that better work out. And, you know, next winter and the one after and after. Yeah. And, Where do you go? Um de Bravo, which is okay. sort of, it's like two hours outside Mexico City. It's kind of sweet. Like we have what feels like a really tight-knit community. And we meet in like three defined places about three times a year. And so none of us live in the same place. Like none of these people I'm going to be meeting up with live in Bellingham. but It feels like we just go have our little like friend group for a couple of weeks. um, Yeah. A handful of times a year and then go our separate ways and then see him again a few months later. And so that's pretty exciting. I'm really looking forward to that.
2: Yeah. Do you bring a bike down for that or is that just paragliding time?
1: Just paragliding time. Yeah. I almost want to bring a bike. Actually, it seems like there's pretty decent mountain biking in this town where I go. Um, It just does make the logistics a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff. So I'll kind of, I'll feel it out gradually. Maybe one time I'll bring a bike.
0: It seems we'll like see. paragliding stuff is small enough that you could like stuff it in a bike box, right? Like,
1: um, not the setup I'm going to bring. It kind go. of, it all varies. It's yeah. almost like everything's sort of what you make it. But oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, for the setup that I kind of fly whenever I get like rides to launch and don't have to hike, hmm. I have a pretty bulky harness that has two reserve parachutes and oh, is sort cool. of set up to be like very user friendly and. Is not light at all. So the backpack is, is That's massive. Like a big one, right? It's like yeah, as okay. big as me. Oh, uh, okay. Um, it's. Yeah.
0: yeah. I saw some dude with one of those. I was up in Pemberton a couple of weeks ago and he had this like gigantic backpack and I like couldn't figure out what, yeah. but it was probably like two reserve chutes and all
1: yeah, that. Yeah. I think they're considered like competition harnesses mostly because like they're not that practical oftentimes for like everyday flying, but kind of if you're trying to like set yourself up to. Be as successful as possible, and also like basically, paragliding wings fly better if you have more weight. Oh, interesting. Okay, bigger people can fly bigger wings, which fly better. And so, like if you have a heavier setup, it means you don't have to carry as much stuff and can like fly a wing that works better. So that's also part of it. Or like that's my setup that flies the best.
2: We need a weight doesn't matter article for. For paragliding, oh God. Go. longer, lower, slacker, right, heavier. Like, <laughs> that's right. Does
1: matter a lot, but in the opposite direction. Right,
0: right, sure. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: People fly I with mean, like a hundred pounds of extra weight on them, oftentimes whoa. just whoa. like heavy weight vests. Or I mean, I guess it's not dissimilar over. to
0: like strapping lead to a downhill bike.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, like, for sure.
0: That's cool.
2: Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, one topic we haven't addressed, in as far as staying sane in the winter, is the whole Zwift indoor biking thing. Either of you do that? No.
1: Yeah, I don't I would, either.
2: I would
0: rather get, like, disgustingly wet. I know, same. Which, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I had a roommate who had his wift set up, and he was like, yeah, use it whenever you want. You know, he, like, made me a profile on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. I never once used it. Yeah. He was, mm-hmm. like, training and would use it, like, every day for a bit, and I... I could not bring myself to even like right now where I'm staying, there's like a Peloton in the basement and I don't even want to touch it.
2: Yeah. It does seem like a good way to stay fit, but it's also, yeah, I haven't been able to bring myself to, I did when I was a kid though, when I thought I was training for something in (laughs) high school, I got this, I got the, it was like a a training plan in a binder Yeah, I'll go to the gym and they just have like a spin bike and I would try to follow the training plan. plan, Yeah. And like these, you know, Soccer moms or whatever would come and like try to get me to go get uh, get off the bike. I might have told this story before. <laughs> sorry if I have, but and they're you know like they they're like you've been on there for more than fifteen minutes. I'm like yeah, I'm gonna be on here for like an hour and a half. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm going for it. I'm doing a twenty four nice. hour race on this bike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's but great. I w- it does yeah. I don't do Zwifting because I think just being lucky enough to be able to ride during the day yeah. a lot and evenings, mm-hmm. but I do. Yeah. It does seem like a lot more uh enjoyable experience now than it used to be. Like in the old yeah. days, we just put some heavy metal on and be in your basement with nothing to look at really except like old oh, yeah, tour de the, france videos and to me that's mm-hmm. almost
0: like the more compelling like the robot cyclist visuals yeah. are, are like well now you can
2: race t- people though that's true i think that's yeah. the part like it's a more like social thing yeah. where you can kind of find some guy in i don't know japan and you're like i'm gonna race you here and i, I mean i still haven't I've, like, caved i caved into guess, that yet
1: yeah i don't really know what zwift totally entails so the racing thing is like I cart like you just get pedal yeah. fast and then yeah I think I think it all just depends too, on your motivations for biking. like if you're doing it solely to stay fit, then like Zwift seems like such an awesome replacement. But if you're doing it, yeah, to go outside and to like progress technically in something yeah. and like have the satisfaction of like you know working through technical features that you haven't worked through before, and like all these reasons I go out that have very little to do with fitness, yeah then like. It's a lot harder to get that on the stationary bike. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Zwift is definitely more for training I'd say, but Mm -hmm. but it does seem like it's becoming even more now you can use, I saw they just came out with a thing this year. You can use your mountain bike and you just put it on. It has a cassette built into the the trainer, which seems kind of cool before you kind of had to have a separate road bike and a whole different thing. And now you can just take your mountain bike, attach (coughs) it just by taking Mm -hmm. the rear wheel off and then go, which I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And I think if I'd had that in some of the places where I was skiing, I probably would have biked a little bit, like some of the evenings or something just to Mm -hmm. kind of mix it up. But I still
1: one. I would, I'd jump on it once in a while, but yeah. wouldn't make a habit of it. I don't think I'd become a Zwifter. Never
2: it's, know. Yeah, we'll I see. You. We'll check in, in a yeah. few months and oh, Alicia's <laughs> on top of the leaderboards, just right. crushing people. <laughs> it's crazy
0: to see people like who've gone full Zwift, mm-hmm. like they don't ride outside anymore. Yeah, like, this is mm-hmm. Zwift world.
2: Cup oh, series type of thing. I saw. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, good on you. Whatever scratches yeah. the itch, but I, I, not for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm glad it exists, but yeah, also yeah. I also feel that I'm lucky that I don't have to yeah, do it.
1: For, yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page. Glad yeah. it exists, but also not for me.
2: Yeah, That's, yeah. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our conversation about how we're staying sane so far this winter. Maybe we'll have a couple more of these and keep checking in and see how it goes. And people that mm-hmm. are listening can let us know what you do. What's your winter off season activities besides sitting on the couch and binge watching? All kinds of things,
1: though, also valid if that's what you choose yeah, to do. Yeah, I mean, it's
2: pretty good time. There's a lot of time to watch TV if you want, and there's lots of that's TV true. to watch. So it's yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It is weird. I'm like recalibrating right now to the like. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have eight hours before yeah. I go to yeah. bed. What do I do? Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> um, like so many garage projects, been reading before. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. the
0: garage projects are coming in. I usually make two dinners. Yep. I have like my four PM dinner and my nine PM dinner, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of fun. Some cooking more, yeah, that's good. Yeah, they will have yeah. to start adding.
2: We'll do music corner this week. We'll do some comic gold coming up and music corner. Then <laughs> we'll start having a little book corner. Oh, oh yeah, I like
1: good that. Yeah, yeah, I've got yeah. some. I've
0: got some good ones. Yeah. So those are our tips and tricks on how not to succumb to the darkness. Uh, Let us know if you've got anything we should try out, but I will not be taking your recommendation to start writing (laughs) Zwift. To wrap things up here, we've got comment Gold. I'm going to have Kaz read that out, and then we'll finish with Music Corner.
2: We've got this one week's comment comes from corby777 it was posted in our little slack randoms article that we put up kind of just a compilation of strange things that we found on the internet and one of the the things this week was a little pee bottle it's the adventure i think it's called the i would say performance pee bottle you're supposed to bring this with you so you can pee a little convenient spot to pee uh if there's no trees around i guess but either way <laughs> corby had a really great idea you know, also this i should mention that this item is dishwasher safe um And so his comment is perfect for dishwasher. Amazing. You can also just pee straight in the dishwasher. It's true. Which apparently is a thing. I (laughs) I can say I've never peed in the dishwasher, but now I know that I could. Um, I suppose you could. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know if I learned that from this comment, though, I guess.
2: Did you know you could pee in a dishwasher? I just never thought of it.
1: I never thought of it either. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: mean, it is plumbed. Yeah. Like it's pipes or pipes kind of. Yeah.
0: I guess. But principally it's disgusting, but I I understand (laughs) how it's feasible. Yeah.
2: Sinks are better. I think pee in the sinks, not in dishwasher. Yeah. Or just neither. Or neither. Yeah. yeah, But like I've had jobs where you like couldn't get out for a pee break and you just pee in the utility sink. I feel like in the Midwest. It's easier for guys, obviously, but yeah,
1: I guess I just would like to choose a different job.
0: That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, OSHA probably doesn't like <laughs> yeah. that. I feel like uh, in, like, Midwest basements, there will be, like, a big utility sink, uh-huh. but not a toilet. Oh, yeah. And so I remember as a kid, like, I would pee in those. Yeah. Were
1: you often trapped in the basement?
0: No, you're, like, hanging out, playing pool or video games or whatever, and that's, like, the accessible utility. Yeah. And, like, going upstairs uh-huh. would kind of break the immersion of being in the basement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you don't. You know, it's, like, a weird child thing i don't yeah. think it's like no, I a, something i would pursue from. as an adult i get it i get
1: it yeah. yeah i don't yeah. think i'll follow in your footsteps but i get it no, yeah, yeah. these aren't recommendations
2: like i don't need because yeah. i have yeah. a performance pee bottle right, so exactly. i can <laughs> just pee wherever i am <laughs> yeah all right enough pee talk um, probably <laughs> yeah i will also
0: say that we we had that article up written by an unknown source about the um, sacral saddle Oh yes. The thing that has a back uh, support. Mm-hmm. And there are some very good comments in that that will not be read on air because yeah. uh, you know just For a lot th- of reasons. they're best to be enjoyed in the, the privacy of one's own home. Uh, we'll finish things out with Music Corner. Um, Alicia, you want to start us off? What you've uh, been listening yeah, to this sure. week?
1: Um, the NPR Tiny Desk concert from Masego is very good. And, oh man, I'm trying to remember the name of the guitarist on there because she was... Her name is Melanie Fay. She go. seems... Well, I actually haven't really looked into her very much, but she's an absolutely killer musician and I just was pretty excited to see such a good band of talented musicians with just kind of like very low-key, approachable vibes and just like, it was cool and upbeat and I liked it.
0: Sweet. Mike, what you've been listening to?
2: Mine is a band called Slift. They're from France. And there's a new live show they did on KXP recently. And it's so good. It's just kind of yeah. like noisy rock. And Swift? I think, no, that's Zwift. <laughs> yeah. We talked <laughs> about Zwift already. Yeah. This is Slift. So S L I F T. Sick. Yeah. Slift. You should huh. definitely check it out. I, I think actually I first heard about them yeah. from a pink bike user. It might have been in one of our podcasts a oh, couple no years ago. Okay. Yeah. And I checked them out. It's like, it's so good, just super tight, but noisy. And it's huh. great. So yeah, Slift on nice. KXP. Uh, awesome.
0: Cool. Um, Mine, uh, I found a new band this week. They're called Goat Girl and uh, kind of psych rocky, fun, good sound. Like a very diverse. E- they have two albums. Each is like, there's a lot going on, like start to finish. And I would recommend listening to their first album. It's called Goat Girl. Uh, it's just a cool hour long listening session. Um,
1: Goat Girl by Goat Girl.
0: Goat Girl yeah, by Goat nice. Girl. yeah i'm I'm sticking with my like whole albums thing because i'm a fan but i'm sticking with my tiny desk thing so yeah
1: Yeah. Yeah, i get it
2: one of these days we're just gonna do a whole podcast on music and it's gonna be so good oh i think that'd be great hopefully people like it we kind of
0: dipped into that with henry that one time where we talked about like just our music tastes for a bit
2: yeah i love music me too
0: it's pretty great and yeah i mean apropos of our conversation today it's like in the darkness what is one to do except listen to music and read yep
1: i've gotten way more deeply into playing guitar recently oh, we sick. didn't even touch on that in this episode oh, But yeah oh, well, that's, well, a that's same, for, yeah. But, yeah like your hidden you talents know, episode insanity next, next oh, part two yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> insanity part two yeah. let's do it cool. cool
0: well thank you everybody for tuning in uh we'll see you next time on the pink lake podcast